0: There we are. It's tiny. Okay. It's <laughs> right, So uh, lovely to be with you all. Um I I have broken my glasses, so I am um, bear with me if I look a bit vacant, because uh, 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 they and um, you know Jack Duckworth? I knew I nearly <laughs> take that one I don't know. I can't do. I can't do that, so I've got reading glasses, um, <coughs> but uh, I'll, I'll do my best. As we said, so I'm Adrian, this is my wife Jenny. We've got three children, um, although our eldest is 26 and he's married, uh, and I'm probably going to hit the ages wrong now. But we've got two grandchildren, a uh, uh, granddaughter and grandson, and they live up in Woking, which is where we used to live um, until about five years ago when we moved down to Honiton. And uh, to lead the church there, and then we've got a daughter who uh, has just finished at uh, Southampton Uni. She's qualified as a nurse, and has just this week actually started nursing at Southampton General. And then our youngest son, who is uh, he's finished his A levels, he's still living with us. He's taken a year out. He's going to go out to Japan and do some travelling. Yeah. Okay, um, and uh, yeah. So where was I? We moved to Arlington. Did I say that? We moved to Arlington. Uh, and um, uh, we love it there. The church uh, is is a great church. And soon after moving there, uh, or a, year, uh, a couple of years after moving, we felt um, we wanted to do something into Sidmouth, and um, so <coughs> we had a few people living kind of down in that neck of the woods, and it's not far from us. Uh, in Arlington. can we move that? No, not right in the way. Right. you can have a good view of me. Perhaps you might want <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, um, so we planted a site into Sidmouth, and, uh, and that's gone really, really well. And, um, and that's made the church a lot more complicated in terms of communication and admin and all those things. But it's also really exciting because um, just saying, okay, we're going to do something in Sidmouth, just stirred everyone in the church. Um, and we encouraged everyone to pray, God, where do you want me to be? Do you want me to be... Uh, to stay, or do you want me to go and be a part of getting Sidmouth going? And, and whether you stay or whether you go, we want to be on mission, and you don't have to go somewhere else to be on mission, do you? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's been a really exciting uh, season for us. And then, uh, as been said, a couple of years ago or so, I um, was asked to take on leading the southwest region, uh, of which this uh, Weymouth and Dorchester are the most easterly parts. And basically everything south and west and uh, there's a friend of ours who lives in texas and i keep trying to say that should really be a part of our region shouldn't it <laughs> but they haven't quite included texas yet but um uh, and our furthest westerly church is in torquay and uh, there's a new guy leading that called pete uh, and that church is doing really well so uh, it's quite a big region we don't have anything into cornwall yet um although there was a couple who've Who've moved down there, a young couple, who feel God's spoken to them about getting involved in a church plant down there uh, in Cornwall, which would be amazing. So that, that would stretch the region even further. Uh, and uh, so, and uh, so, in terms of the region, obviously as a part of Commission, I kind of represent Guy and uh, try and serve the churches. Although Commission isn't really, uh, it isn't really an organisation, and simply something that puts on events. In the end, for me. I think commission is friendships, with friendships with churches and friendships with leaders and those kind of things. Um, it's actually at a much more local level where it really works. And and also I would say that's where other people looking in, that's where they appreciate what we've got. And chatting to other church leaders, they would say, "I wish I had the friendships uh, with other church leaders that you have." And uh, so for me, it's much more at that level where it's it's a huge blessing to us as churches. I mean, I love say love. I like West Point uh, um, and camping, and, mm, but, but, uh, but I think I love the sense of togetherness and those kind of things. So don't get me wrong, I, I do like those, but um, but at a local level, um, I think it's so important to have friends uh, and in leadership. Leadership can be lonely at times, it can be difficult at times, and uh, so it's just great to, to feel we've got friends and we're in this together. Uh, so It's great to be with you and uh, I think it's great to have a growing friendship with Mick and Teresa as well. I want to speak to you this evening from the book of Romans. So if you have a Bible, if you want to turn to Romans. Or if you want to get your phone out. and look like you're reading your Bible and in fact I'm texting my friends. As long as you look like, I'm happy with that. and I want to speak, really, I'm going to, we're going to start by looking at a couple of passages in Romans. But what we see in Romans is that, that Paul wrote the letter of Romans uh, because he was on a mission. He wrote the letter of Romans. If you were to read the book of Romans, you might initially think, well, it's just an explanation of the Christian message. It's just an outline of the gospel. And it kind of is that, but that's not probably the reason he wrote it. Actually, Paul wrote Romans because he was a man... On a mission and he he later on will read how he wants to go to spain and so he's saying come on i want you guys on board with with god's mission and uh, and so paul is not one who settled down paul is one who he's always looking who else can i share the gospel with Uh, what other nation can i now be reaching and so on and uh, he wants to advance and extend god's kingdom and obviously that's what god wants us to be doing as well so i'm going to read hopefully like uh, Romans 1 and pick it up in verse 13. I'm reading from the NRV by the way. Uh, Romans 1 verse 13, Paul says, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I've had among other Gentiles or other nations. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. And that's why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the nations. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith, from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And then if you turn to Romans 15, uh, almost at the very end of the book, <coughs> Romans 15, bless you. And we're gonna pick it up in uh, verse 15, Romans 15 and verse 15. He says, I have written, I have written you quite boldly You can tell that's American. Surely that should say, I've written to you. Anyway, I have written, sorry, I go off on tangents. I have written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the nations might become an offering acceptable to God sanctified by the holy spirit therefore i glory in christ jesus in my service to god i will not venture to speak of anything except what christ has accomplished through me in leading the nations to obey god by what i have said and done by the power of signs and wonders through the power of the spirit of god so from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ it has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation rather as it is written those who were not told about him will see and those who have not heard will understand this is why I've often been hindered from coming to you but now That there is no more place for me to work in these regions. And since I've been longing for many years to visit you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to see you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there after I have enjoyed your company for a while. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you that you catch us up in your mission, that you don't just want to save us and to get us going to church. But you catch us up in your plan to save the world, to save thousands and thousands of lives, and to transform the world. And so Father, we pray even this evening as we just look at your word together, that actually you will just lift our eyes uh, beyond our own circumstances, beyond our own uh, uh, part, and see actually we're a part of something much bigger. Uh, Not just me, I'm just doing this little thing, but actually you're catching us up in your great purposes to reach the nations and to fill the earth with your glory. And Lord, we are glad to be a part of that purpose. So raise our faith, raise our eyes uh, this morning to see what you're doing in the world, we pray. Amen. So I want to speak uh, this morning, uh, this this evening... (laughs) Uh, about uh, God's expanding purpose, or being being an expanding people, and when I say that, I, obviously, uh, I have some experience of that. Uh, and um, I think, just to say, obviously, uh, the world is against us, isn't it, when it comes to putting on weight? Because all the tasty things, obviously, are full of calories, and all the uh, rabbit food and stuff like that is is obviously that's what you really should be eating and life is a struggle against expanding Uh, and yet uh, God's plan for us is one of expansion and you see that really right throughout the whole of the Bible from beginning to end God has this expanding uh, purpose, like a a seed. It starts with a seed and it grows into a small plant and then it grows into a a large tree. And what we find again and again and again throughout the Bible, God starts with something small, but his plan is not that it should stay small, but it should increase and that it should expand. And so what I wanna do is uh, very quickly just take a a trolley dash uh, through the Bible and just look at a few examples of that. God starts small, and then, yet, yeah, he wants to make things big. So, right at the start, then, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, God creates Adam and Eve. And what does He say to Adam and Eve? Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. God starts with just one man and one woman, but His purpose is one of expansion, one of increasing in number. He didn't want them to stay. oh, you just be a happy couple together, enjoy life as a couple. No, no, he says, I want you to, to multiply. I want you to, to fill the earth. And, uh, <clears throat> and it isn't simply about big numbers, because God could have, he could have just made millions. Why did he just start with two people? He could have just said, right, let's go for it. We're going to go for it big time. Million people. And God gives the word. But he didn't do that. He starts with just a couple of people. So he couldn't say, let's have a million, let's have a billion people. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, uh, I don't know if this story is true, but it's funny anyway. That uh, George Bush, um, George W, was, was told that uh, someone, one of his advisors said that, that bomb's gone off and three Brazilian people have been killed. And he thought, "Oh, that's terrible." And then he said, "Remind me again, how many is a Brazilian?" <laughs> so obviously, uh... but God could have just made. He could have just made massive. But why did he start with two? But his plan is not simply about big number, big numbers, but actually of increase and of expansion. And so uh, he, he starts with two people, and then it, it says, right, "Come on, multiply." Then when we get to the story of Noah, obviously numbers had increased but because mankind rebelled against God, there was the flood, and yet God rescued Noah. Genesis 9, God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. It's identical commands that he'd given to Adam and Eve. And now he says, come on, yes, I know you're just a family, you're a small thing, but I want you to expand and I want you to grow and fill the earth. Then as we, Continue through the story in Genesis, we see God calling Abraham. But God didn't just call him, I wanna bless you, but what God said to him in Genesis 12, I will make you into a great nation. One man becoming a whole people group, his family growing and growing and growing, and so God then changed his name from Abraham, which means exalted father, to Abraham, Meaning, the father of many. God said, I will bless you. I'll make your descendants like the sand on the seashore and like the stars in the sky. God took one man and gave him promises of expansion and growth. God didn't just adopt a nation. He could have done. He said, Look, France, great nation, great food. So let's go for France. So he could have picked England, obviously, or. Maybe Scotland, maybe Wales, but England. But sorry, if you are, he could have just picked a nation, but he didn't do that. Actually, he started with with a person. He started with one man, and then said, "Right, I'm going to increase you." And so Abraham, he had a son, and obviously then his son Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they inherited the promises. Abraham's son. Was sorry, Jacob changed his name to Israel and he had 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel. The plan was always expansion. And so then this growing family is, yes, God's going to bless. But it started off with one, but then it becomes a family and a bigger family and there's this continual expansion. And so when God says, I am committed to the nation of Israel, it's not just suddenly out of nowhere, But it's this expanding plan that God has, and God always said, "Now come on, I want to bless you." Exodus chapter one and verse seven. This at this point, uh, Israel, the descendants of Abraham, they are in uh, in Egypt, and they are obviously slaves. And uh, notice as we read this, the echoes of these promises to Abraham. It says, "The Israelites." were exceedingly fruitful. They had multiplied greatly. They had increased in numbers and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. So you see, even by the time of them living in slavery in Egypt, some of the promise had started to be fulfilled. You will grow, you will expand. But God's promises then didn't stop there. It was not great. I've got people, I've got a nation, happy with that. But actually it says, Because the promises were not simply, God's gonna bless you as a nation, but actually the promise was continued expansion. The promise to Abraham and his sons was, all nations will be blessed through you. So the promise in the Old Testament was always to go beyond a piece of land in the Middle East. In Psalm 2, God says to his son, ask of me, I'll make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. Psalm 46 verse 10, the Lord says, be still and know that I am God, I will be exalted among the nations in all the earth. Habakkuk two fourteen: the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Isaiah 49 verse six, the Lord says to Israel, I will make you a light for the nations that my salvation will reach to the ends of the earth. And so God's purpose was always this expanding people Starting with just Adam and Eve, and then starting with Noah, and then the family of Abraham, but always. Now it's going to expand and not just expand to be a what a people group, but expand that God's glory would fill the whole earth. Sadly, of course, Israel held back, if you like, from God's... They uh, didn't achieve all that God had promised. They became very uh, introspective and introverted. They became very exclusive. And so they failed to reach the nations. But that was always God's plan. You need to be a light to the nations. And so by the time of Jesus, the nation had become pretty static. It had stopped expanding. Obviously, then Jesus came. Now, what did Jesus do? How many people did Jesus pick? 12. In fact, three, twelve, and then obviously the seventy-two, the twelve matching the uh, twelve tribes of Israel. Jesus started with a small group of people. Now if you if you're thinking, well what kind of church would I like to go I'd love to go to that, you know, you see some of these massive churches, I don't think I've ever been to, I think the biggest church I've probably been to is I don't know, probably the Hillsong one or something like that in, in Guildford. And that was probably 600. I don't know, I've been to a big one than that, a couple of thousand. And that's amazing. You know, you, these big churches, you think, wow, I'd love to be. But actually, we mustn't despise small things. They took time to get there. And the plan is that God always wants, you know, God, God loves the small, but He doesn't want it to stay small. He always wants it to grow and expand. Jesus started with 12 and then He commissions His followers. Go and make disciples of all nations, beginning in the book of Acts. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. The expansion of the church. And that's really what you see then as you look through the book of Acts, read through the story of Acts. <clears throat> it is that progression, it's growth, it's expansion. Because God starts with something small. He doesn't go straight to the big. Why doesn't he just reveal himself to millions of people around the world? He could do that, but his plan is expansion, step, by step, God's kingdom growing. Obviously some people focus very much on the nation of Israel, but actually the point was always one of filling the whole earth. Some people think, oh no, all these promises to Israel, they all still stand and God's chosen God's chosen people. No, no, God's plan was always to fill the whole earth with his glory. In Romans 4.13, it says of Abraham that his promise was that he would be heir of the whole world. It wasn't just a piece of land in the Middle East and oh, we're happy with that, no, no. The promises to Israel of a piece of land in the Middle East were ultimately fulfilled in the whole earth being inherited by the people of God. And the promises to Israel of you shall be a light, you shall be the people of God, were actually fulfilled in people from every tribe and every nation. So we're not saying the church has replaced, oh God's finished with Israel, God replaced it with the church. That's not what we're saying. The promise was one of expansion and growth. That was always the plan. And so God, has this expanding purpose. Now, <clears throat> if we then come back to the letter of the Romans, what we see is that's what Paul is doing. He's on a mission to expand and extend God's kingdom. And so he says, I'm on this mission to, to Spain. He's not settling for where he is. He's not settling for just, oh, my neighborhood, my street. He's got his eyes much further ahead. God's plan is to fill the whole earth with his glory. And so he says, I'm gonna come to Rome because I want you to get on board with this big mission, this global mission. And so this letter to the Romans then is not simply a summary of the gospel, though of course it is that. But it is really to say, come on, God's plan Is an expanding plan. God's plan is much bigger. Rome, see, for them, Rome was the the end of the empire. Really, this is the centre of things, and and now the gospels reached Rome. That's not much more to do. Is I mean, surely they're happy with that? And and, you know, on their maps, if you if you looked at Roman maps, it would it would have blurred edges, and there'd be barbarians, and there'd be dragons, and and and, that I mean. just like the Jews, the Jews you see had become quite proud. They'd say, well, we're, we're God's people and that we're fine like that and that's just fine. God, I mean, I can see why God would want us. I can't really see why God would want those Romans. But then the Gospels got to Rome. The problem is the Romans were a proud people too. They were proud of their arts and their culture. They were certainly proud of their army. They were, proud of, they were a proud people and so they can think, well, yeah, of course, we Romans we understand why God would want the gospel to come to Rome, but but, but those people over there they're so different. We go, really God? No, I, I can't understand. Maybe the Jews are okay. Maybe I can understand why God would want us Romans, but but those people out there, mm, not sure about that. And so Paul is the reason for this letter is to say no, come on. The gospel is for all the nations, and so he reminds them of the gospel. There are no privileges for Jews. There are no privileges for Romans. We're all alike under sin. Whatever your background, whatever your status, whatever your gender, whatever, whatever you, however you perceive it. No, the gospel is for everybody. Rich and poor, black and white, educated, uneducated. The gospel goes beyond all these categories that people might set. Because God's purpose is always to include in his kingdom diverse people from every tribe and every nation and every age and every social standing and all these things. And so God's purpose, Paul is saying in this letter to the Romans, I want you on board with this. And so the reason he goes through this long gospel message is to say (coughs) the Jews needed it, you needed it. And the people out there need it too. They need to hear it. And as we look at our dark world, and our world is increasingly, it seems to me, confused and muddled and messed up. We think, oh, the danger is we just become isolated and think, well, we're happy, we're happy with church, we're happy with things. And, And I think God wants to say, no, no, they need to hear this good news. They need to hear the gospel. They need to be saved. People are very different from us. People think, I struggle to connect with those kind of people. Yeah, those kind of people need the gospel. And so God wants to catch us up in this expansion of his kingdom. And that's really what the letter to the Romans is all about. And so the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. And so Paul says, so come on, get on board with this mission. God's expanding purpose. Just want to make three kind uh, of three areas of application. Firstly, don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise small beginnings. <clears throat> In Zechariah four and verse ten it says, Who dares despise the day of small things? As we've seen, God often starts with something small and grows it. The whole human race started with Adam and Eve. From uh, from Abraham and his family came the nation of Israel. From 12 disciples came the whole church. Don't despise smallness. Now we don't want to stay small, I get that, and I'm not against bigness either. But don't despise smallness. Everything starts somewhere. Churches don't grow big overnight. Ministries don't get big overnight. We mustn't despise small things, small contributions, small acts of service. I remember hearing a story. I forget who, who was visiting, but a guy was visiting NASA, and, um, and there was a guy, and he was he was just brushing brushing the floor. And uh, this person said to him, "What do you, know, you do?" What are you doing? He's saying, uh, "My job is to help put a man on the moon." You're brushing the floor, but he had this, this. This. I see my part in the bigger thing, and I am playing my part. So, so we can think, "Oh, well, what? What difference? My country What a difference does my giving make? What difference does my serving make?" Actually, it all makes a difference, because God always starts with things that are small. But <clears throat> I'd say step out. If, if, you, if you feel I've got a gift, maybe it's prophetic, maybe it's word of knowledge, maybe it's serving in some way or, or caring for others. Use your gift. Oh, it's not, not much really. No, no, step out and use it. That's the only way it's going to grow. It doesn't come suddenly overnight, it's this big gift. But now it grows, things grow. That's how God does things. And so I think, what's God prompting you to step out in? What gift is God prompting you to use? Well, giving or serving or whatever it might be. Don't despise it just because you think it's small. God takes the small and God multiplies it. Don't despise small things. Secondly, never settle as things grow. Never settle as things grow. You see, the danger is as things as churches grow or as ministries grow, the danger is we start to settle and think, oh that's great, we've got up to this number, or oh, we've got up, great. And you can t- Now there is some, there is an animal where things do get a little bit easier, obviously. When you, when you have a smaller number, everyone has to muck in together and things get oh, hard. We've been there ourselves, haven't we? And we know exactly what that's like. We planted a church ourselves many years ago, and it's a hard slog. And uh, so we things this morning, you do have to muck in, to be honest, when things are bigger, you start have to muck in and things are really complicated and all the problems you think, oh, if only the church was big, they're, they're there, just as, you still can't staff all your kids' work, and so they don't go away. I would just say don't ever settle when things start to grow. The danger is as life becomes more comfortable, then we start to settle. Sorry, there's a few more coming. Then we we settle. We become less adventurous. We become less radical. Israel certainly told them to settle in the. Sorry, God told Israel to settle in the land, but He also told them that they should be a light to the nations. And of course, life became easy. Well, I was wondering if God to change this. The danger is, as things start to grow, we just settle and become more comfortable. And actually, God doesn't want us to do that. Israel settled in the land, but they stopped really thinking of other nations around, and we can be like that. And this church was established, it's got building, and that's great, but don't settle for this. Don't settle for these. For these numbers don't settle for what you're doing now. That God, we want more. I want to be hungry for more. I want to be hungry to see more people saved. I want to be hungry for more people reached. I want to be, you know, you don't ever settle. Let's continue to be a hungry and thirsty uh, people for more of, of God and more of His kingdom. And finally, let's get involved in God's mission. Paul is writing to these Romans saying, This is God's plan. I want you guys on board with it. It's not automatic. Just because we're Christians, we're on board. No, not necessarily. We need to make a choice to say, I am going to get involved. And perhaps God wants to draw you in more into his mission. It may mean going, may mean that, but it may not. It may mean staying. Whether you stay or go, you can still be a part of... God's mission. See, Paul doesn't actually ask for anyone to join him on his team. He just says, I want you to support me, support, support me in prayer and support me in resources. And so you may not be the one who goes, go. You may not be the one who goes, but, but actually, we can all be a part of God's mission. So I want us to take a moment and just pray and say, God, what's next for me? What have you got for me? Have I settled? What do you what do you want to do in me? What do you want what's next for this church? What's in store for this church over the next few years? It's it's not this. And I don't mean that in any critical way at all. I mean surely it's more than this. Surely it's not staying as things are and maintaining things as they are. Surely God's plan is He wants things to grow. And expand because that's what God does. Takes a seed, but it grows. What do the next few years look like? As Mick said, obviously, thinking ahead. What Leadership, what teams, finance, all lots of things to think about. What are they going to look like in the years to come? God's purpose is an expanding purpose, and He wants us all to be on board with that. Let's not be bystanders. Mm. God, I want to be on board with what you're doing in the world. Let's stand, shall we? Mm. And pray. <coughs> for this town. Yes, Lord. And these, yes. these guys are just put back. No one is, is too far from God. Mm. Why don't you just pray, God, do a mighty work in this town. We don't want to settle for this. We thank you for this, we thank you for what you're doing, we don't want to settle for this, though. Why don't we just pray, God, do a mighty work in this town, fresh outpouring of the Spirit on this town. Let's go, lift our voices and pray. Yes, Lord, i Thank you, thank you. God, I want to be on board with your purpose. I don't want to settle. I want to be a part of this. I want to be in this for the long haul. I mean, the, the book of Acts didn't happen overnight. It happened probably over about thirty years or so. It wasn't overnight, but it did expand and grow over that long period, over decades. But it did expand and grow. Say, so God, I want to be in this for the long haul, serving you. Father, we do thank you that your purpose is much greater and much bigger. And as I say, just seeing us saved and going on to meetings each week. You are to catch us up and seeing lives changed, seeing communities changed, seeing nations changed, seeing the whole earth filled with your glory. And we don't see that now. And so, God, we, we just say, Father, would you do a, a fresh work, we pray, I pray for this church here, that you would grow it and increase it, we pray, send them more people, save people, pour your spirit, Amen. God, upon this town in a fresh way. Lord, we pray Amen. for the tens of thousands here, would you do a mighty work and expand your work here in this area, we pray. Amen. Oh God, yes, we pray, Lord for all of us, that like, we would play our part in it, whatever it is, and we would despise all of us. we would despise where things begin. <clears throat> uh, Lord, we don't want to settle for that, but we don't want to despise it either. We celebrate all that you are doing, and Thank we Lord. say, God, would you do more amongst us, we pray. Yes. Lord, you help us to each of us play our part in serving, and, and giving, and contributing with our gifts and our, Prayers and our prophecies, and have all the different past caring for one another, all these different things that we do. We to serve you faithfully, playing our small part. And just as the guy sweeping the floor could say, I'm, I, What I'm doing is contributing to that big thing by my small part. We well, want to play our part. And in the end, ultimately, we can look back and see, you know, I played a part in God filling the earth with his glory, reaching the nations, that Jesus, your name will be famous around the whole world. No, no, Amen. So, yes. Amen. No, 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 no.